Oh, it doesn't look like it's picking Five, up. Five, four, three, two, one, number two time. <laughs> <laughs> How's it going, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to the Old School, New School podcast. This is Will Charles Egan. Chris Meekins. And Zachary Tui. There we go. We're here. We just recorded 45 minutes that we had to scrap because some of the microphones weren't on. Who's, who's our engineer? Do we have an engineer? Well, technically it's me, so I guess that kind of falls on my shoulders. Jesus. We're gonna Jesus have, we're is the engineer. engineer. We're like, okay, God, I don't know why you did that. It was all the yeah. stuff that we said. It was, it was, uh, it was Will's mouth. It was my fault. Yeah, it was my bad. Yeah, again, we've had to record, we've had to cut episodes because of something. It was just like, hey, man. So we are going to rebuke the enemy here, yes. and we're going to do this right, because I think the Lord really wants to get this word out. So we have a very special guest middle schooler here with us. That's what we call a guest, because he's old school, I'm new school. What's in the middle? You got middle schoolers. So that's where you are today. That's new to me too. That's the first time I've <laughs> I just I just made that up. Run that one about the <laughs> but we uh, we have these two guys are in a men's group together and so you said it would be a fantastic idea for the audience that we want to reach to have Zach on the podcast because of his, his testimony. He's got an amazing story. Absolutely. Guy's yeah. doing some work in his life. Mm -hmm. So, uh, uh, are you done? Because I just cut you off. No, you're good. I was done. I wanted to <laughs> throw it to you. So, uh, so, yeah. So, I met Zach a couple months ago, and uh, mm -hmm. uh, I can I sense the spirit of the, the God's spirit is on him. Yeah. And so uh, uh, we want to hear his story because he's got an amazing story. And so let's just jump right into it. Absolutely. So Zach was, uh, you had a picture. Yeah. Yes. A picture. Show, show the audience a picture when you were uh, just back last November. November 26th. November 26th. He was like 106 pounds. 109. 109. Don't and uh, man, and uh, he doesn't look 109 now. So no, yeah. tell me what what what's the deal with that picture? What? Um. So first off, I want to say um, I was not always like that. Um, mm -hmm. I did I did as a kid growing up from from the Appalachian Mountains. Okay, I'm from yeah. Virginia, and yeah. I grew up with a absent mother and father emotionally mm -hmm. and most of the time physically. Okay. My mother was either in rehab or my father was either passed out on drugs mm -hmm. on the couch. Okay, yeah. I was, and I and I don't say that in a mean way. I'm just a, a being in reality. My father was yeah. absent. He was dealing with drug addiction, and my mother was dealing with drug addiction. Got it. My whole life, it was uh, waiting on them to be the person that they I wanted them to be as a parent. Mm -hmm. Eventually, my grandparents took in, and so I go from a drug life to. My grandpa's the mayor of my hometown for 15 years, and wow. I have to learn how to keep my elbows off the table. Mm. Okay. Whoops. Like, uh, what? Like, yeah. <laughs> but, but that was God. <laughs> that was God putting them in my life to show me a different way. Mm -hmm. And so I started, um, I started listening to them. I started, I started being taught manners, being taught how to live the right way, being taught. But I'm still rebellious. Because how old were you when this happened? They got me, uh, I was a lot younger, I was probably like between nine, nine to, okay. I, I, I don't really, and to be very brutally mm -hmm. honest with everybody, I have a suppressed childhood. Mm -hmm. 
I don't remember a lot of my childhood. Okay. And I have, I, I'm still dealing with that today. Yeah. I do not remember a lot of my childhood. It was either, I can't tell you how rough it was. I right. can't tell you how good it was. Mm-hmm. I just know I was blessed by two grandparents, my nana and my papa. That stepped into your life. That stepped into my life and, awesome. and saw what was going on. Grandparents, you want to hear this story. For the win. Yeah. And they stepped into my life and they... And this was after they're they're sixty years old at this point, and they said after them raising not that old for me and my brother. <laughs> yeah, you got sixty six years old. Yeah, and um, I'm telling you that it was uh, it was a it was a blessing, and mm-hmm. me and my brother made their life a living hell. Mm. Okay, we were dealing with our problems. And, sure. Um, from ninth from eighth. No, probably sixth to ninth, sixth to eighth grade. Mm-hmm. I was suspended probably over two hundred times. Mm-hmm. Okay, I was, he was that kid. I was that kid. Well, yeah, right. I was just rebellious because I didn't have anybody. I didn't have my my mother and father right. love me, and that's all I was really looking for. Mm-hmm. I was a two-time state champ in golf. Uh, I, I dove into golf. Wow. That was my yeah. I had my senior year. I had an albatross. I had I had I had offers, and um, I got a girl pregnant. Got a girl pregnant, and uh, he was due on my birthday. I completely, wow. completely went to college. Went to go get my hands-on electrical engineering degree. Mm-hmm. Was doing that. Was working, uh, uh, doing uh, sales with the coal mines with Jim Dawson, and working mm-hmm. with my grandpa fixing anemometers on the side. I'd go to work in the morning, and I'd go to school at night. Mm-hmm. And I was ready to have this kid. And um, I say this kid because he is my child, but I did not raise him. She gave mm-hmm. him up for adoption or agreed to give him up for adoption. Okay. And my family agreed too, so we did. As soon as we did, I got in a car and I left. Hmm. Where'd you go? 600 miles north. Halfway north? North. I'm supposed to go south. Wrong direction. Nope. I had family that was in Michigan, and I just said, oh, you know what? I'm going to go. Guys, Michigan. <laughs> yep. And, I'm, and halfway there, I got arrested in Miami County, got caught with marijuana and the heroin capital. Ah. Did seven days there, went back up north, started working for a landscaping company, didn't have my license, and um, learned how to sit down and mm-hmm. live with my family. Uh, eventually got my license back, uh, learned how to operate up there by myself. Mm-hmm. I get a knock on the door, and my ex-girlfriend who was there showed up, and we started living together and trying to make a life there. Mm-hmm. Um, codependency sort of dealt with mm-hmm. my whole life. Mm-hmm. and. I'm working at Steak and Shake, and a guy with a Honeywell badge comes in, and I see his Honeywell badge. And I'm like, "Wow, man, that's a, you you use that for work?" And he's like, "Yeah." He's like, "So it's a government job. We work on airplanes." Hey. And I was like, "I'm going to get that job." <laughs> so I wrote Honeywell a letter for 45 days, yeah. straight. Oh, every okay. day it would leave it in their leave it in their mailbox. Man, hey, look, because that's how my name and Papa talk. When you want a job, you show up. Yeah, yeah. Consistency always wins every time, and. So eventually they gave me, they had, the union had a strike, they gave me the opportunity to come on as a scab. Mm-hmm. You're not out working, this is not happening. Mm-hmm. Eventually they gave me a research and development job. I was mm-hmm. one of the six people in the United States that could run a dynamo to test wheels and brakes from an A380 to an F18. I could operate, test structurally, break every single nut and bolt. I can tell you from the cotter pin all the way down to the bottom stator what goes into those brakes. Wow. Every single aspect. Um, I got the job. I was hired on. I was a 21-year-old making $60,000 a year. Not bad. Yep. With overtime, too. Hey. Okay. So, uh, 
corporate America brings on corporate problems. Mm. And I'm a 21 year old kid. Right. Okay. I don't know anything. I'm from Virginia, Appalachian Mountains. Okay. Get involved in drugs, move my dad up, try to save him from drugs, come back down. Yep. Uh, COVID hits, we get anybody under 30 gets fired in research and development. Yes. See you later. You want to go to production? No, I'm this big hotshot dude. Mm. I go I'm to, amazing. I go down to Virginia and I'm um, trying to fix my problems with Percocet 30s, cocaine, and marijuana with my dad. And he says, hey man, I got a lot of coke back there for you. Because I used to use it with my mom and dad. Wow. Point blank. That was... Mm. We were more like friends, and mm, okay. I did not know he was using heroin at the time. And he goes back and he gives me a line of heroin, and that was it. Mm. When I hit that heroin, I said, "This is where I want to go. This is where my life's going to go, mm. and this is how I'm going to become Tony Montana." It's this ah, right Tony here. Montana. That was my superhero growing up. Well, and yeah. it, it, that was it. Yeah. Are you going to houses and so? No, yeah. So houses, like yeah. these really cool houses, and there would be a picture of Tony Montana. Really? Oh yeah. Oh my goodness. My dad had it everywhere. It was the lava lamp. It was the clock. Yep. Every hour, it was a different saying. Yeah. That's who I, I had to figure out. How, that's how it was going to be. Here. So obviously that didn't work out well. Oh no. Right. Yeah. And so you end up at this juncture where this picture's taken care. How did you get to that? I come, I come down to Florida. My brother had recently got sober. Okay. He got me down to Florida, got on an airplane, and then I was sober for a year and a half. Mm -hmm. Dry sober. Right. Mm. Left there, had a had an engineering job over here at Thermal Solutions as a quality engineer. And uh, then I got introduced to crack. So I'm already in fentanyl and crack, and I'm out there. I mm. leave. I'm, within two weeks of hitting the crack, I'm selling my truck, I'm selling everything I had uh, encompassing the year and a half of sobriety. But I did not have God in my life. I want to make that very clear. Right, right. I was doing obvious. it for it's my kind of, It's kind of obvious, but go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> Good one, Chris. I just want to be, I just want to be clear. <laughs> I just want to be clear. Just, just, make it, just make that very clear. So so tell us about the night that, uh, that all this started. Uh, this guy. So I'm out. I'm, God coming after you. Yeah, I'm out on the streets, um, homeless, don't have anywhere to go. Mm. And the only way to me, in my head, for me to be this homeless person is to, I have to learn criminal activity and how to hustle. Mm. I get involved with a street community, I'm going to say. Right. So and they true. teach me how to operate criminal activity. What comes with that criminal activity is stealing cars, uh, doing criminal those criminal acts i'm yeah, not going to yeah, go yeah. into depth on that sure, sure. so eventually um i got in a community over in bradington that where that's all we did mm -hmm. we slept during the day and we did what we did during the night mm -hmm. i was in a community where we would run the women during the day mm -hmm. they would make the money during the day and we would do the robbing during the night okay. that's the way that the operation went okay I'm high during all of this, okay? Okay. So I'm not... Thinking correctly. Okay. Mm -hmm. And my my hustle was stealing cars and mm -hmm. robbing restaurants. Okay. That's what my hustle was. And I'm not incriminating myself. Judge mm -hmm. Aaron knows everything about this. Right. Uh, from Cortez Road on 14th Street all the way up to the Salvation Army, mm -hmm. I've robbed every single taco truck there, the Faux Fuse and the All Geek Squad vans, the Collision Center, wow. and multiple places up down that road. And, and did multiple times. Mm. Okay. okay. And that was my hustle. Take a car and go chop it up. Okay. Eventually, I got caught up in a collision center where I had been sleeping in a plane of fitness with a 
local friend who I thought was a friend, but was just, mm. yeah. Yeah. I walk out of Planet Fitness, I see this truck that um, I'm going to go pull a safe out of a garage with because I knew of a situation that I could go get some things out of a garage. And as soon as I saw the truck, it was just a, that's the truck. Mm. Yeah. I'm going to take that truck. <clears throat> and nobody's stopping me. I climb the fence, go in there, break into the, uh, break into the, it's like a shack, basically. Right. You know how, you know, right. auto mechanic shops are, it's basically yes. like a shack. So I take a five, five on one, boom, get in there, get a bunch of keys, go out there, just start hitting the remotes. Mm -hmm. And this was a God moment too. Mm. And I, I, I need to make this clear. I was in the dual, I was in a 2022 3500 dually diamond nice. plate with a third wheel and it was a diesel. And I'm sitting at the gate, the barbed wire gate. It's like a 50 foot electric roller fence. Yeah. And it was like this, it was like, am I about to, it was the, it, this was the line that I was crossing right. that where I know I, there's no turning back. Yeah. Yeah. Like when I'm talking about with my life, mm -hmm. right? So everything I'd done, I kind of could get away with. I wasn't worried about but sure. this. I knew I could like, I'm going down the running road now. This is it. And yeah. I floored it. So it's a point you don't return. I floored it. Mm -hmm. And I busted that fence open and it did not put a scratch on that truck. Wow. And um, that night I stole three other vehicles and a golf cart. And a golf cart. And a golf cart. For a good measure. And, and they were all chopped up within two hours. And mm -hmm. I had $15,000 in my pocket and enough dope to kill a whole neighborhood. Mm -hmm. And I decided to go do what I do best. I'm in love with three wheel bikes three wheelers i love them to death i don't know what it is it's a weird niche <laughs> i don't i just love them. but anybody knows me that i love my three-wheel bikes and yeah. so retirement homes were my specialty and i love going in there to get my three-wheel bikes and i'm on a three-wheel bike i'm going down the road and i get um some buddies that tell me that uh, they're looking for me i already know i know what's coming mm -hmm. and so i go stash everything that i have and i'm riding my bike down uh right down the road Jump out boys come. I could, you could feel jump it. Out boys. So the jump out boys are the no question guys. So mm -hmm. if you see, they're not the police. Quite they're the a special task force for Bradenton that is either. So they're either, you you they they hide their identity. Okay. Mm -hmm. yeah. They're special mission type guys. Okay. You, okay. Yeah. And so I look. I, I'm looking ahead at the gas station and I see. Uh, Bradenton Police Department, Sarasota County, uh, Manatee County, and I see all the cops up there. So I'm like, oh, okay, I'm going to hit the UE, blah, blah, blah. And I see them not follow me. But I don't notice the Yukon coming up behind me, and they run over and they stop in front of me. Ooh. And they literally get out of the car, and they pick three-wheeler up, and they slam me on my head. Wow. Okay? Them boys do not play. Broke six ribs. Um... Yeah, it was a real, it was a real... So that's the night you got arrested. That was the day I got arrested. The day you got arrested. And so, mm -hmm. and so we were talking a little bit earlier, but, uh, because the story gets even more amazing. Mm. Uh, if, if I'm using, it's amazing to correct me. It's a very good word for it. Okay, so, um, so you, you end up in jail, and so you're like, you're in, what, what was that word? The first I'm in Port Manatee County. Right, and what was the first... Stuff you were in classification. Okay, well, and what did that mean? Classification is where they they are basically checking the temperature of how you are going to operate in jail. Mm. Okay, you're not in a public dorm. You're in 
they number one, they're just starting to say, okay, what's his priors? How does he, how's he, has he ever been to jail? We need to watch him and make sure he doesn't get in any fights. Right. If he does get in any fights, is he in a gang-related fight? Is he with a racial fight? Is he, okay. what's the situation that this guy is in? And we're going to talk to him medically because I'm coming off smoking three grams of fentanyl a day. Yeah. Enough, and I'm, so there's a lot of, they got to just figure out where you're at. Okay. Yep. And they figure out where you're at so they know where to place you. And they have to check the other the other uh, dorms to see if you have any enemies anywhere because mm. they're going to just send you right into a dogfight, okay. right. which you basically do anyway. But it, they're trying to prevent it as best as possible. Yeah, they're trying to do their job. And yeah, keep you safe. and they do it right. very well. Okay. So you're so you're classified, and and so you're in. Yeah, general population. General population. I'm in G two. I'm in G two East. I was in. Dorm. And was a cake one from that point out? No, no. In the first hour and a half, I was in my first altercation. Oh man! A funny story is I'm from Virginia, so I heard the word cracker, and they and I didn't know that in Florida that means like everybody. Yeah, like, like me. you're a Florida cracker. Born and raised in a Florida cracker. You're a Florida cracker. Well, where I'm from, it means that cracker that whip. Okay. 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 So there were some Chicanos that were in there, mm -hmm. and I heard them say, well, "What are you doing, cracker?" And I said, well, that was my first fight. That, I said, well, let's, let's go Obviously, talk. Obviously, let's go talk about answer, how, You didn't answer correctly. <laughs> I said, let's go talk about how much of a cracker I am. Oh, And baby. that started the, the enemy basis. So I yeah. come back to my, I came back to my bunk one time, and there was an Ace of Spade card sitting on there. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that it means that they had a, a hit on my head. Oh. Well, I thought they wanted to play Spades. So I'm like, any of you Haricos want to come <laughs> on here and play Spades? Oh, come on no. now. Wrong, oh, no. wrong, wrong, wrong. <laughs> they sent a kickboxer down there the oh, uh, next break, and he kicked me so hard, and his head did not move. So he's looking directly at me. If you've ever gotten a fight, and this dude kicks you, and your head, his head doesn't move. Mm -hmm. Fear of God, right there. Yeah. So, you end up in, in in confinement. Right? Oh yes. After the after the sixth altercation, um, a broken nice. pinky, a broken middle finger, MRSA on my right heel. MRSA on my left shin, oh my six broken ribs, I'm laying on a concrete slab, and pure desperation. Um, oh. That hair you've seen, pure desperation. Mm -hmm. I'm, I am, I'm, the first feeling of God's gift of desperation, mm. but I push it back, don't okay. want it. Okay. I don't want it. And I, I want to make this very clear, I was sitting in the cell, and I never forget looking through the window and I'm watching another man masturbate. He's looking right at me and there's mm. no hesitation in that man from looking at me. And I want to make that very clear for people that think that they can, you know, it's, it's very clear. It's, it's, mm -hmm. it's not a great place to be. No. It's, yes, it's yeah, no you, place to be. I, it's, it's, a, it's a bad place. Yeah. You don't want to go to jail. You do not want to go to jail. Mm -hmm. Um, so anyway, so within the first couple of days, uh, they send this guy in and he's, I mean, this dude is, is I can't explain it enough. He's huge. He is mm -hmm. like, the only way I can explain it is the guy off the green mile. That's oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. That's exactly <laughs> yeah. what he reminded me of. John Coffee. That was, because yes. they all called him Coffee. Oh yeah. And I, and, and uh -huh. I was like, yeah, okay. So anyway, he's about six, eight, but he's just yoked. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I'm just like, oh man, this is, this is going to be. 
He's outside your door? No, so confinement is, uh, there's two tiers. Mm -hmm. And there's six on one, six on the bottom, and there's like 10 that wrap around. And I could see him, because when you hear that door shut, it's still, when you hear that door shut, something going on. CO's coming in, we're going to try to play games with him, we're going to try to... We're gonna try to do something. Right, right. But so I'm looking and I and I just remember seeing the bottom of his chest and I can't see it. And I'm just like You're looking up at him. I'm like, oh dear Lord, I'm gonna see I'm like, this one's gonna this is gonna, it's gonna hurt. This is gonna be a hurt. <laughs> Yeah. And uh so anyway, a, a day goes by and uh that's when we started hearing I started hearing him saying, Hey, does anybody know if there's a Zach in here? Does anybody has anybody seen a Zach? Uh oh. And uh Uh-oh. two people had known my name and they're like, Yeah, yeah, he's over there. Yeah. Shut up. So I'm his <laughs> I already know from the Z but I'm not answering. I'm in there I'm in there doing my I'm in there doing my doing my time the way I do my time. Mm-hmm. And um a week goes by and uh I need to be pro- I'm getting processed out of confinement. Mm-hmm. One of two ways. They send a guy in and you fight your way out, or you get a paper transfer out. Um, mm. Luckily, I got the easy way out when I thought my head was. Well, I got into a fight, and they eventually oh, transferred me out. You there. know how to fight? That's what. No, I don't. Oh, I'm actually know? awful. I'm scrappy. I still got a broke. I don't have enough. Oh, no. I'm not the. Oh, I'm no. not looking in no way, shape, or form of my fighter. Okay. Okay. I'm just not afraid to protect myself. Okay. Quickly. Okay. And I lose. Way more than I win. <laughs> so, they, so you're in this fight. Yeah, and I'm in this fight, and that, I got a hold of him, and it was it, it is what it is, right? Mm-hmm. So I wait. Uh, I get transferred into what they call recovery pod annex in Fort Manatee. Mm-hmm. I walk in, I see an AA meeting. I'm like, throw the mask on. It's time to put my AA because mm-hmm. I had done the AA a year and a half before, so oh, I know okay. how to put that mask on. Yeah, yeah. Eventually, I go in there and um, I take a nap. It's, it goes about a couple of days to a week go by. Mm-hmm. And I wake up from a nap, and my my new bunkie, who's beside me, is Brother Herman, the guy that had been mm. screaming my name. Oh no! And um, yeah, that was um, that was a that was the longest couple minutes because you don't know, <laughs> you don't know, you don't know if you're is about to get a sheet pulled. a dream or what? You don't know if you're about to get a sheet pulled over your head. You don't know if you're about to get pulled to the bathroom. Or you don't know. Mm-hmm. You don't know. And um, I was a little boy, <laughs> and he's a big boy. Uh-huh. And there's nothing that Zach could have done, no matter how hard <laughs> I screamed and kicked. Yeah. Okay. And he said, "Let me talk to you." And I told him, "No, I don't want to talk to you. I don't want anything. I don't even want to be seen talking to you. I don't." And he would throw little he would throw little darts at me. I would say he'd be like, "Oh, there goes." There goes T. White Boy running for the devil. There's little Lucy after him. Little Lucy's on his back. And blah, blah, blah. What? And I'm just like, dude, this dude is really in love with me? Or he's there's Ooh. something really going on? Uh-huh. And, and uh, so some time goes by, and eventually I sit down and I talk to him. He goes, let's go in the yard. And I'm like, no, we're not going in the yard. He goes, well, listen. He said, I'm just going to give it to you. Just plain and simple. Mm-hmm. I, I, he just did nine years at a work camp uh, in the panhandle, okay? Ooh. And for guys out there that know about it, nine years work camp in the panhandle, okay? Mm-hmm. And 
he came back and he said that he found God in prison mm. and that God had given him multiple visions and through his dreams of what to do and all these next steps that he did, he told me that he's been looking for a guy named Zach. Mm. He found out my name was Zach and he said that he had a vision that he was supposed to sit down and teach me the Bible. Wow. That was all he told me. Wow. I said, well, that's too bad. <laughs> I'm not doing that. Nope. Not there is no possible way. See, I'm, that's not been in my yeah. DNA. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm, you're, I'm thinking about 30 years of my life being taken from me, and you're talking mm. to me about the Bible. Yeah. So you're like, you're looking at 30 years. Oh, sh day for day. I'm talking three grand theft autos, burglary with larceny, burglary of an unoccupied structure, burglary of a conveyance, petty theft, possession. I'm... And and then and you you don't have uh, the big bucks to hire a pretty good lawyer. <laughs> I was being asked to be read, read the Bible for fifty bucks on commentary, and I'm and I'm and so anyway, that's what yeah. he said. He said, "Let me put fifty bucks on your commentary every week, and let me teach you the Bible, and let me make it easy for you." Hmm. And uh, that sounded like a great idea to me at the time. Well, especially for fifty bucks. Oh, well, it's yeah, fifty is huge. That's a lot of money. Fifty is huge, and. Um, Oh. I listened to him, and I'm and I'm so grateful. So, so wait, grateful so he for him. Would, he would pray with you. He would. Uh, see, this was our regimen, and we chows four to twelve to six. We had a period between meetings from six to nine o'clock. He would read with me for two hours, and we would sit down and we would dive in. We started at. Um, we started at the, so I would ask him, like, the Ten Commandments, and he was like, no, forget about the Ten Commandments. There's two new commandments. you got to mm -hmm. love your neighbor, and if you can't love your neighbor, you got to love your, love them as God loved you. And he's like, let's just start off with that. And then he, mm -hmm. we started off in Matthew, and then we'd study the Sermon on the Mount, and then we'd pray together. And then he'd say, well, listen, when you talk to your family, pray with your family. When you Before you read, you sit down and you get in a place of surrender, and you really, really, really can digest each word, and you mm -hmm. read it slowly. And so what I did was, and I still have these papers to, to this day, every chapter I read, I would write the chapter in my own words, wow. in my own understanding. Okay. Okay. And I would read it back to him the next day. And he's like, dude, that's a new perspective. Like, uh, and we would just, bah, bah, bah. For, We're going to have to have him teach uh, men's breakfast. He hey. would write sermon. He would write a different sermon every day wow. about something. And he had pages and pages of, I mean, stacks for nine years of sermons. Mm. That's crazy. And that's, but that's, that was his thing. Mm. He said when he got out, he was going to, and I taught him how to, yeah, anyway. Mm -hmm. He, uh... So he went to you for a while. And yeah. Then, and then uh, you were saying someone from Bayside, you said yeah. you're going to a recovery. So Bayside has a dream team prison ministry that they go into the jails. Awesome. And they come in and they say, this is the sermon. Mm -hmm. This is what... The, it's either from my freedom, it's either from the sermon from last week. And mm -hmm. the biggest part about why I really liked it too, I want to say, is they would play a worship song. For, oh, okay. For, yes. And I never heard about worship songs there, hmm. but I'd be sitting there, I'd be like, man, why am I feel like, oh, oh, I, I, like, I want to cry right now. But then I had to, you know, you got to leave that chill house rock attitude in you. You can't yeah. be sitting there. You can't be crying. Yeah, you can't feel bad. Crying. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, what's that? And I could start feeling that little tug. Mm. I could feel that. I could feel it. And I used to tell Brother Herman, I'm like, man, why do I feel like like a piece of crap right now? And he's like, because you are a piece of crap right now. <laughs> Thanks, Brother Herman. <laughs> he's like, we got, we got to make. Yeah, and he's like, man, we got to make you a new man in Christ. Mm. And and 
God blessed you with the opportunity to be able to work at that. Mm. So, so that, tell me about this guy that showed up from Bayside. Uh, his name is Pastor Hatch. Pastor Hatch uh, is the first guy that made an impact in my life and through Bayside. Um, okay. I didn't dive in with him be until I trusted his character and what I found out about his story. And I won't mm. say that, but you know why you could trust him, right? When you look at him, he's got like those crazy eyes, you know, when you can see like white all the way around. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. yeah. Look at him. You're like, no, I, I, I think I can, I think I can trust him. When you can move a bunch of, a bunch of guys in jail mm. and make them be quiet and make them listen to you yeah. compared to when you, when you're doing nine meetings a day and the guy yeah. comes in and he shuts down, like, there's, yeah. there's something about yeah, what he's got. He's walking in authority. Yes. And, so, and I know so, so he comes in with the what was this thing with the essential oils? The, so that was the two other guys that came in. Okay. They came in, and uh, we, they had a big, uh, we had a big, uh, uh, we had a big uh, sermon, Pastor mm -hmm. Bernard's sermon, and and then after that, he just felt he felt the need to anoint all of us, wow. and uh, I I kind of backed off at first because I, I didn't I'm I'm not jumping in and right. I'm because. I gotta bounce it off, brother Herman. Hey, look, he's got <laughs> some. Think? He's got some essential oil over there. What are we gonna do about it? <laughs> What's what going on here? Yeah, and uh, he goes, "You need to go do it, and uh, I'll be there with you." Mm. And uh, he sat there with me, and he put the anointing oil on my head, and yeah. I felt a true release in my body. Wow! And while he was praying with me, I'm, I'm, I'm crying. I'm, I'm letting it out, and mm. but what? But what I want to make clear is that next day, it was like a conscience was um, like back in my life. I mm. started feeling good about doing good things. Okay. I felt bad about if I had a weird thought. I, yeah. I, I started feeling good, and mm. I started. So when base I would come back in, I, I could I could throw my hands up and I could feel free. Yeah. I could truly feel free. I, yeah. And talking to Brother Herman, he's like, the surrender, that was the biggest thing of my flesh. And, and that was the big change from jailhouse oh, yeah. salvation yeah. to, yeah. I actually made a decision. That, straight up. Yeah. Straight and, up. And, and and that you weren't putting on, the, like you said earlier, the mask. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this straight up. It wasn't like, oh, how do I manipulate these people? Mm. You were, got it out. Something happened. I, I yeah. remember, not to take the story, I remember sure. when... Uh, when I had become a Christian and and then like my life was still a mess. Yeah. But I, I had prayed to receive Christ and I was sober and uh something was going on and I, I prayed when I was at this prayer meeting, uh like five or six guys, mm -hmm. and all I could say was God. And I just I cried. It was like wow. there's this move I, it was like I released everything. I was like, I'm yeah. in. Yeah. I'm in. Yeah. And and my life has never been the same since that. Yeah. I don't know. Have you ever had a moment like what Zach's talking about too? Did, oh. I mean, can it happen to good Christians too? Well, yeah, because I'm perfect. No, but we all have those like landmark moments in your faith. Like for you, you've got a a, a date memorized. This is this date when this happened. You know, obviously, I've got my moments. I went to a thing called Fully Alive, where you know it's like group therapy with the Holy Spirit, and they get things ripped up out of you, but. I don't think I would add anything maybe to your extent, obviously, but yeah, I think but there's... But it's still real. Absolutely. That's the there's thing no about... difference. Yeah. 
there's a, the Christian faith is marked by encounters with the Holy Spirit. And you had yours, you had yours, I had mine. But what brings them together is that the Spirit, you know, comes down and touches you. And when you accept salvation, the Spirit fills you. And I, re I totally understand what you're saying. When you first accept Christ and when you first get, you know, baptized with the Holy Spirit or what have you, it's, it's a moment that you remember where you're just filled with this peace. This overwhelming peace, and at first it isn't very peaceful because you're sobbing uncontrollably. Right, yeah. You're like, what happened here? Like, oh, I thought gosh. I was a man. Yeah, right. And so, who says you, you can't really are now? Cry, but, yeah, oh, now you actually really are. Yeah, yeah. figure. Amen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but yeah, continue because I I totally agree with that. Yeah. Um. So I. So you got anointed. Yeah. Start crying, and, and but you're also going to get released here soon. Yeah. You're so put out on bail or whatever yeah, so they call so Brother Herman had a couple <clears throat> of visions that he would tell me about, and they came true. And that's what really yeah. kind of gave me my leeway towards leaning towards actually what So he said. had a prophetic? Uh... He used to, he would tell me that, because we read in the Bible that once you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, God can, the Holy Spirit can speak to you through dreams, mm -hmm. prophecy, you can yeah. heal, you can... Yeah. And I did not believe that. Right. Until, <laughs> At all. Until he started saying it. Yeah. Like, until he started yeah. saying, hey, half this room is going to be gone. Yeah. And we're talking about 12 people in yeah. jail. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. In a open bay pod. Okay. And that week, they all leave. And I wake up and I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah. And he's just looking at me, smiling and laughing. <laughs> And uh, he told me, he said, yeah, man, you're going to be, uh, you're going to be out of here in a week. You need to prepare yourself to be mentally and spiritually and physically ready for this period. Ooh. And so, and so you got out and, and you, you shared in our last podcast that never got, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, uh, that you woke up and you're like, okay, oh crap. Well, no, I'm sitting there and it's the, the day before I know that he told me I was getting mm. out and I didn't know if I was actually getting bonded out or not. Mm. Um, I didn't want to leave. Mm. Why? I was scared. Legitimately mm -hmm. scared. And I and it's still I could still feel that scaredness of sitting there looking up at that bunk and looking at Psalm twenty three. Mm. And I knew I was in my valley. Oh. I knew like this was my valley, but I was happy in that valley. Mm. And I knew that now it's time to put the work in. You knew how to operate. Yeah, I knew in, how, in, I knew how to be peaceful in the in and I'm, there's nothing more peaceful than me sitting, me getting three meals fed to me a day. Mm. And I get to sit with my Lord and Savior every day and just learn more about Him and how, what mm. I can do more for Him and to be more like Him. Mm -hmm. And then you're telling me that's not peaceful. Yeah. If you're really trying to really truly seek that and seek that face, yeah. there's nothing more peaceful. But now I got to go out. Now He's telling me I got to go out and I got to deal with rent. Rent, mm. girls, yeah. drugs. Mm. I got to deal with all this because I haven't dealt lot. with that with my right. spiritual. Right. You just been, I have no just idea. Been locked away from you. So he told me. He said, he said, go to the <clears> side. <throat> go to the big side. And uh, so I did. I met my brother. What'd you call it before? Bayside by the wayside, baby. <laughs> Bayside by the wayside. Get lost and get found. That's you called it the big house. Well, there was the big man. Well, no, Bayside by the wayside. But that we, I didn't know about those campuses. I didn't know that it was like fifteen campuses. Yeah. I'm, listen, I don't know about none of that. Right. I really don't. I'm thinking it's one. Right. It's a church. church. It's yeah. A church. It's down there in the corner. Yeah. I know. <laughs> Let's just go. To, I was kept telling. I said, "Let's go to the Bayside." And he was like, 
which one? And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, wherever Randy's at, we need to go. We need to go there because that's yeah. where Pastor Patch is at. And he's okay. like, all right, let's go. And so we went and. I, I walk into the church. I see a Starbucks. I see all these freaking <laughs> things. And I'm like, dude, we ain't at the right place, man. This, this can't be. This, is I said, this ain't church. I said, yeah. There ain't no way. This is, this, my God, that's where it was. Yeah. And I went up to like this little kiosk thing. And I said, hey, I'm here for Pastor Hatch. Like he'd been waiting for me for a couple weeks. <laughs> Does he know I'm, out of jail? I'm here. He showed I'm out of jail. Did they His call life it? revolves around me. Yeah. yeah. Here I am. And yeah. he goes, well, he, well. It so happened he's in a meeting right now. I go upstairs. He's in a, by the grace of God, he's in a prison ministry mm. meeting. And he says, holy crap, come sit down and tell your testimony real quick. Wow. This will be the perfect time. So I do. And eventually I get joined in prison ministry. And I asked Pastor Hatcher, I'm like, hey, man, so what do I do now? Yeah, no. Because, <laughs> you know, I don't, it's not like I can call my homeboys that I went and prayed for. Hey, mm. I'm out. Well, we're doing good now. Right. But, uh, I don't know who to call. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't have a Christian man in my life to show mm -hmm. me how to I be a Christian man. Yes. He says, you're going to get on your bike. You're gonna, and it was a Wednesday. I'll never forget it. It was a 5 o'clock Holy Bird prayer meeting. And it was Michael yes. Lucio, Johnny Rose, and J-Dog. And that was the only people in there. And we prayed for two hours. And I thought they were the craziest people I ever <laughs> met in my life. All right. So with that, so with that, we're going to take a break. Yeah. Uh, we're going to, we're going to take, we're going to cut this off now. Mm -hmm. Can you do official cutoff? Sure. Yeah. So we'll have this in two parts because this testimony cannot be confined simply to one episode. Right. right. So we're going to, we're going to pause it here and come back next week. And we will have part two where we get to finish the amazing story. Zach has here. So we will see you in a week. Be sure to be back. Yeah. I so mean, it's going to be great because now you're going to hear uh, <clears throat> the power. You, well, you heard the power of God, but mm. you're going to hear uh, the power of the church. Yes. yes. Should we call is that should be the name of it? The, the miracle. miracle. The miracle of the church. All right. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week. See you next week.